Festus, the preparation of the Passover, about the sixth hour, and he said unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him. Away with him. Crucify him. Pass unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. We don't have a king but Caesar. We're going to pray. Lord Jesus, help us right now as we worship your name, as we talk about you, God. You're in this church right now. You're going to help us. God, magnify the name of Jesus. There's no greater name that we have than the name of Jesus. Bless the hearers. Bless our family. Bless our church. Bless our city. Bless our government. Move upon us right now. Move upon this service, God. Take authority in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. We have no king. My question to you this morning is, who is your king? Who is your king? A very facetious woman in the Caribbean, very wealthy, and her husband is very powerful and well-known. And the rain was falling, and she said, the rain won't stop that my master may come home. I thought, this is a very arrogant person. Another kid said to her, his dad in, in uh, Illinois, Dad, turn the rain off so it can go home. I was thinking, how proud and foolish can people get? But I want to talk to you about a king. Our world today have many forms of government. And the governments are formed because it's a matter of how the people want to be governed. Now, our world used to be run by city, state, kingdom. Used to be kings over city. And they didn't have countries like you say, the country of Canada, the country of the United States, the country of England. It was a city with a king. And they called city states. And if you don't have an army, you call that city an on-wall city. That make you very enticing for a, an attack. Huh. The Bible is full of examples where that did occur. And if you didn't have a king, then it means you have another form of government. Now, during time, we see a transition from being reigned by or ruled by a king and people ruled by a thing called a republic. A republic is what the United States is. And they have made up in their mind when they fought against the British, we do not want to be ruled by any king. We don't want any king over us. So we're going to form what's called a republic. And a republic is simply mean that the leader of that country is elected by the electorate, the people, the people vote for them and tell them how long they can stay in office. If they don't like those guys, they just impeach them or just vote them out. And so that's one form of government. That's the United States and also in Canada and other parts of the world. Then there's another group called democracy, a Grecian type of government where Government by the people for the people. And they go by the mob. Majority reigns. Doesn't matter if they're right or wrong. The majority is in control. That's how the nation wants to be ruled. By the majority. It's called the mobosity. The mob reign. If you want to overthrow a government, just form a mob. 
so big they can't shoot you all. Because if they did, there's nobody to reign over. So they use the mob approach in civil disobedience. But in every case, the people is in control. In fact, democracy teaches the voice of the people is the voice of God. That's what they said in democracy. And uh, the world today is crying for democracy. Now, you can vote for your leadership in a democracy. You can vote for it in a uh, republic. But you just don't vote for a king. A king, you don't vote for him. A king is either born a king or by his weapon he became a king. But you just don't vote for the British monarchy. They're born as an inheritance. Now, all through time, we see different forms of government. Jesus had to endure those statements, we have no king. We don't have a king. Now, it didn't just start there at in, in Jerusalem. Way back in the Garden of Eden, I'm going to tell you something about the devil. Satan had gone through many, many stages. In, the, in fact, in the Bible, you're going to find that Satan had many, many, many titles that the Bible speaks of him all. Satan is called Lucifer. He means angel of light. He wanted to be king in heaven. He was made a cherub to praise God. It seemed like God divided angels into worshipers, messengers, and warriors. And his job was to praise God. One day he got in his heart, I want to raise my throne Above God's throne. Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14 described it very well. I will be like the most high God. I will ascend above the congregation, and I'll be above the clouds, and it's all eyes. Seven times he says eyes. Now he forgot one thing. God can read his mind. And the Lord said to Satan, you will not obtain any such goal. Out! Now, I don't know where God kicked him out to because there's no place to go because all that's here is what God created. And God kicked him out of heaven, the Bible says. And he got out of heaven. And since that time, he became the prince of the air. Today he's called the God of this world. When God kicked him out, then God made the world and God made the Garden of Eden. Satan went there as Lucifer. He wasn't called Satan at that time, called Lucifer. Being angel of light. <laughs> but it's not a good light. And he came and he told and put in the heart of Adam and Eve the same ambition he had. God does not have to be your king. You can be your own God. You can be your own king. You can do your own thing. And you don't have to do nothing, God said. By the way, God knows if you ever touch that plant, you may not only be equal like God, you may probably better than God. He puffed up their ego and let them know they can be their own king. And they don't need to follow anything, God said. Just do your own thing. Well, Adam and Eve fell for the trap. And the Bible said, you are servant to whom you obey. Whoever you're obeying, that's your king. That's your master. That is your boss. So next time you say, the devil makes me do it. You know what you're confessing? The devil is your king. That's exactly what you're saying. And so God came to Adam and Eve, and God had to throw them out because God realized they were not on his sovereignty. 
They were now under a new monarchical power, the devil and his angels. Amen. Now, he's called Lucifer because he comes as the angel of light. Now, he's still doing that today because the Bible said the devil got ministers who come as ministers of what? Light. Fool a lot of people. Come as an angel of light and deceive a lot of people and convince them they can be like God. You know, we've got the Supreme Court now that's higher than God. But they can reverse things God said. The word supreme means highest of authority. And they have reached to the heavens with their authority. And this thing God called the devil was a serpent. The word serpent means reference to subtility. In the garden, he said, like a serpent, you don't have to do this with salty, and he deceived them. Next thing is, the title is used, he's called also Satan. He's called Satan because he is an adversary. Now, it's a bad thing when your king is your adversary. You know, we got bandits out there, and that's bad. But when the law is, is the crook, you're in trouble. When the law is lawless, and he becomes the lawless one. But he's a king. He's called Satan because he is your adversary. He's called the serpent because he used subtility and deceived people with the light that he has. He's called the devil in the New Testament because he's a thief and a destroyer. And when a king is like that, friend, you've got problems. He's called the dragon in Revelation. You know what? Because he's ten times smarter than before, and he's going to deceive the nation of the world. Then he's finally called the beast because he's got the heart that is heartless, and he he's low life living. And so that's what he's called. Now, can you imagine now? People have him as their god. People have him as their king. Can you imagine? Lucifer is your God. Serpent is your God. Satan is your God. The devil is your God. The dragon is your God. The beast is your God. And the dragon is your God. Can you imagine that? And yet nobody would admit that he even exists. And he loves you to believe that. But he's never lost his ambition to be king. He got kicked out of heaven because he wanted to be king. And there's only one king, immortal, invisible, whose kingdom is indivisible. And God kicked him out and said, I will be king and your throne will not be above my throne and you will not wear my crown. Now, that same devil, he realized that God loves creation, his people, and Satan have gone in the heart, not only of Adam and Eve, but also in the nation of Israel. Here's Israel in Egypt, 430 years in bondage, the Bible says. While they're in bondage, Pharaoh, a king, a heathen king, is over them, whipping their hide. I mean, smashing their life, destroying their family. And not one time did they plot to overthrow him. Not one time did they plot to dethrone him. They built his pyramid. They built his roads. They plowed his field. He whiplashed them, and they accepted. It's just like an alcoholic. You know, the, the, the booze is destroying him, but he still keep going at it. It's amazing how people love darkness more than light. It's amazing how people love the whiplash more than freedom. When God would open the heavens and bless you, you run from that. When the devil opened the pits of hell and blast you, you accepted that. It's amazing our minds are confused. Think about it. And Israel ignore those words of Joseph. God will raise you up a savior. Pharaoh is not your king. There's a Savior coming. Hallelujah. I may not live to see him, but when he comes, 
going to take you out of here to a better place. From a prison land to a promised land. From a perishing land to a blessed land. You would think the people had a vision and a hope. When Moses came and tried to deliver them, you know what they said? Who made you, what? King over us. And they failed to see that God's king and kingdom is not like the kingdom of this world. My friend, you better learn the difference between the clean and the unclean. You better know the difference between the holy and the unholy. You better know the difference between light and darkness. Between good and bad, my friend. Because we're in a day where they're calling bad good and good bad. But the people that know their God and know their king, they know when to bow and when not to bow. And Abednego wouldn't bow because it was the wrong king. It was the wrong music. It was the wrong place to pray to. And Israel said, who made you king over us? Rejection of the Lord. So God sent back Moses again. He said, go back. Go back. Give one more chance. And he said, they're not going to receive me. <laughs> the people are going to receive me. He said, well, they're going to ask me, what's your name? And God told him, my name is I am that I am. What? I am that I am. I not, never was. I am. I'm always there. Give them that name. And if they don't believe you, it works some miracles. Hallelujah. Cast a rod down and turn to a snake. He ran from the snake. He said, pick it up. He picked up by the tail. He came around again. Put your hand in your bosom. Mm. You know why? Because Moses, you got to face a king of witchcraft. You're up against a king that believe in necromancy, seances, and voodoo, and all kind of witchcraft thing. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you greater power than the kings of this world has. But Israel never one time resisted, amen, the plight of Egypt. They accepted the whiplash, the hard struggles, and when salvation come to them, they ask, who made you king over us? So God said, Moses, and Moses went there with his ten beautiful Bible study lessons and taught Pharaoh and Israel how great God is. And, and so Moses said, no, let's leave, boy, let's leave, let's go. We're going to the promised land. They came to the right at Mount Sinai. And come on, Israel, I want you to meet a new king. A king you've never seen before. I've been talking about him. One who said, I am that I am. And the battle snow, while Moses is up there trying to introduce Israel to the right king, they build a golden calf. It's amazing you can't take Egypt, the men from Egypt, but you can't take Egypt out of the man. It's amazing how people come to church. You can't bring them physically to the world, but you can't take the world of their heart. Your servant to whom you obey. Who will you yield your members of your body to? That's your boss. That's your master. That's your king. That's the one you bow to and pay tribute to. When he says smoke, you smoke. When he says have illegal sex, you have it. When he tell you drink, you get drunk. That's your boss. When I was church on Montana, I could say such were some of us, not such are, such were some of us, but we have been changed. No man can take over another man's house except you bind the strong men of that house. That's why God gave us power to bind devils and bind serpents and cast out demons. Why? Because God wants to give you a bigger king that reigns. Hallelujah. 
You know what they said? Behold your God. Mm-hmm. What an insult to God. All through history, Israel is rejecting their king. Finally, God came down and God said, all right, Israel, let me talk to you. If you want to be in my kingdom, I'm going to give you ten commandments. I gave Pharaoh ten lessons how not to mess with me. I'm going to give you ten lessons how to rest with me. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, they said, all that he said we will do, but one thing would ask God, don't talk to us anymore. That's rejection. They reject the visible manifestation of the king of glory. Because the Bible asks, who's the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty in battle. So they have the king of glory speaking to them like no other nation, not even Canadian or American ever had. Visibly, audibly, hear his voice. And they said, tell him don't talk to us anymore. That's why you got preachers today, beloved. That's why you got prophet and priest. Amen? And deacons and elders in the church. Because a long time ago, some people said, we don't want God to talk to us mouth to mouth. We don't want to hear it at all. We want God to talk to us through another human being. We don't want God to talk to us. And God said, okay, Moses, I'll talk through a representation. We call that theocracy. In theocracy, you don't vote the priesthood into office. You don't vote elders into office. You see, you know, people say, pick the church of your choice. You don't, you, you don't vote on your pastor. You don't vote on the prophet. You don't vote on the evangelist. God sent a man. There's a man sent from God. His name was John. You didn't ask for him. God sent him. You didn't ask for Noah. God sent him. Huh? You didn't ask for Abraham. God sent him. You see, that's theocracy. And the world rather have a, a republic church or a democratic church, but I want a theocratic church. Where God is king and God reigns through a man. Not a demagogue, but a servant. And so, God gave them these men. And they rejected Moses' leadership. You know they said? Let's get rid of Moses. Let's make us captain to go back to Egypt. That was shocking to God and Moses. I thought I brought you out of Egypt. Why do you want to go back to Pharaoh as your king? Pharaoh, whip your behind. Put straps on your back. There's scars on your members of your body. And kill your kids. And throw them to the Nile. You want to go back to Egypt? I'm sorry, church, it's true. People behave like dogs to their vomit. The dogs go back to his vomit. And the pig to the water and the washing and the mire and the mud. Because they don't appreciate what God did. Amen. Don't appropriate it properly. So it's easy to throw it off. Amen. But I want to tell you, church, God still didn't give up on Israel. And so God gave them a theocratic government. And one day they got to the place and said, you know, we're tired of a man reigning over us as a judge. We want a king like other nations. You're not an ordinary people. You are a peculiar people. God don't want to make a clone out of you. God wants to give you a distinctiveness that you are peculiar You're seen and known by all men that you belong to Jesus Christ, that you're not a pagan, you're a Jew. You're a jewel. Hallelujah. Amen. And so they said, Samuel, we are tired of you reigning over us. Mm -hmm. This is good for church hoppers. Church hopper. You know, I don't care what you think about your parents. You can't change them. You don't vote for your parents. You don't vote for your daddy. You don't vote for your mama. Sorry, you may not like her. You may be embarrassed by him or her. But, honey, you're stuck. 
It's in your gene. Hallelujah. You can't vote them in. You can't vote them out. That's why God church called the family. Hallelujah. They said, look, Samuel. Samuel. You're too old and we're still young. And you can't reign over us. Give us a king. Well, what kind of king do you want? I want the king like the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites. But just a minute, those are people God hates and run out. I don't care. I want my king to be just like their king. Do you think I want Canadian government to have a prime minister or the king of North Korea? You think I want the Canadian Prime Minister to be like Adolf Hitler? You think I'm going to vote him in to be like that? Get off it. Absolutely not. Hello? Well, they're asking for death. Destruction. And so Samuel took it very personal. Personal, and went to God and started. Who is it? God, they don't want me to lead them anymore. God says, Samuel, quit your crying. Get up off your knees. They didn't reject you. They reject me from being king over them. But here's the, the dilemma. God said, "Give them what they ask for." Now that's dangerous. When Micah told Ahab, a, a wicked king in Israel, don't go to Ramoth Gilead. You're going to die if you go there. You know what he says? Slapped him. You don't tell me what I want to hear. I'm going to find me somebody who will preach to me and tickle my ears and tell me fanciful things that I want to hear. Just don't get to the root of my problem. Just skim over it and let me feel good and run the island. Do you know what he did? He got 450 lying prophets that Satan already corrupted. What he didn't see was the king of kings, he sat in heaven, he sat on his throne, on his right hand, and the left hand were angelic hosts. And he said, the king of kings said, who will go down? And be a lying spirit in the mouth of those false prophets to that king who don't regard me as king. You know, those angels couldn't volunteer. You know why they couldn't? Because all liars love their part in the lake of fire. So they couldn't volunteer. But all of a sudden, my friend, old Slewfoot showed up. Slewfoot, hey, that flying serpent, he shows up. I said, I will go. He said, what will you do? I'll go down and I'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of all the prophets. Hello. He said, go and prosper. Make a long story short, Ahab died because he rejected the voice of the king of kings. And he wanted to do what the people wanted and what he wanted. Hello? And he lost his life. Well, to make a long story short, when Israel said, I want a king like other nations, God said, I'm going to give you ten things that this king is going to do to you people. And on the tenth, you're going to cry your head off, and I will not answer you. You know what they said? Nay. We still want. That's some people in church. Pastor? I'm having a nervous breakdown. Please don't stop me. I work hard for it. I deserve it. Let me fall down. Don't help me. The church in New York, this lady, she figured the church got lots of money. And in this church, you have to go up the stairs to go in that church. And so one day she organized her fall. She's going to fall and hurt herself so she can claim insurance money. 
And while she was tripping down the aisle, somebody grabbed her. And she looked with indignation and said, learn to mind your own business. She wanted to go down and claim that she hurt herself so she could have an insurance claim. You understand that? And, and so God said, these are the things. It's going to reign over you. It's going to rule you. It's going to take away your children, impact your children, your sons, sons, and your family. It's going to tax you to death. And God gave him all those weaknesses and the threat of this king. You know what they said? Give it to me anyhow. I was listening to a person, an Italian lady in, in Edmonton. And when she found out the plan of salvation, and she realized this family member she loved dearly did not follow those steps, and nor was I imputed to her family, but telling her the plan of salvation, then she said, look, I'm not interested anymore. So why not? She said, if my son should go to hell, then I'm going there too. My mind's made up. Don't give me the facts. Don't tell me saved. If they... Hell was good for them. Hell was good for me. If that's your thought, honey, bye-bye, love. Bye-bye, unhappiness. I'm not going to join you. But they said, give us that king. Church, 40 years, Saul was a reign of error. And not one time did Saul ever submit to God. Not one time did Saul ever carry out the will of God. And not one person ever challenged the leadership of Saul. Saul let those people eat meat with blood in it. Saul was a reign of error, and everybody went along with it. Saul did what more men would be fearful to do. He took a sword and kill off all the priests. Huh? That's scary. One soldier says, Saul, I won't do that. Sorry, you do it on your own. And so Saul turned to an Amalekite, whom God sent to destroy by Saul, and the Amalekite took that sword and killed all those priests. But Saul would not kill the Amalekites, who hated Israel. But he killed all God's priests. Saul got so terribly that even Samuel was afraid of him. Now, what the church, God told Saul what his ministry is all about. He said, your ministry is about rebellion and witchcraft. Saul ended up turning to a witch. Because what happened is, when you were the king of kings and the lord of glory and the spirit of truth, then you end up with the spirit of error. And here's Saul bowing to a witch and her brew, amen, and could not find the mind of God. What happened? Because they used Saul to replace God. Amen. When you want a demagogue to take the place of God, God may just give it to you. And so they got what they wanted. And then the Bible said, and Amalekite took his head off, took the crown off and take it in disgrace and gave it to David. And David saw what happened and David knew this was a disgrace for Israel. But it all goes back to when they said, we do not want God to reign over us. We want what we want. And here's what Saul told Samuel. The people wanted what I did. It didn't matter what God wanted. I did it the people's way. That's what it is to vote for your king. Amen. <laughs> and someone say, you know, well, I, I want to join your church. You can't join the church. In my Bible said you can't. Except a man be born of the water and the spirit. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Be a child of God. And so, <clears throat> witchcraft took over Israel. Now, as time went on, Israel continued to reject the king. Finally, we see, we come to the day 
when a child was born. The Bible said three men from the east traveled 800 miles to Israel because they said, we saw a star. We saw a star in the heavens. And we know the prophecy of Balaam, that old false prophet. He said, a star shall rise out of Bethlehem, out of Judah. And the scepter shall not depart until Shiloh come. And somehow, when Israel forgot the prophecy, a heathen country saw that. And they said, that's the star of the king of heaven. And the Bible said the star led them right to the right place. Okay, you can't end up in the wrong religion and say, well, God led you to the lie. God can't lead you wrong. God is more accurate than your GPS. God is more accurate than your map, than your Google map or anything you've got. When God leads you on the street called straight, it's straighten up your life, my friend. God don't make mistakes. God put you in the right place at the right time, under the right ministry, in the right sermon, in the right gospel, in the right doctrine, in the right baptism, in the right Holy Ghost, in the right preaching, in the right lifestyle. God don't make mistakes. The star led, not Israel, but some foreigners to the place where a little baby Jesus was. You know what they said? <coughs> we come to worship him who we know from the message to be king of the Jews. And we come to honor him. We come to worship him. Now you're the sad part. Israel got troubled when they heard that. But they were content to have Caesar and Herod as king. It's amazing how people can sit in churches that they know is wrong. The doctrine is wrong. The gospel is another gospel. The Godhead is not right. The lifestyle is impure. And so they sit there and let those guys reign over them and lead them astray to the pits of hell. You don't have to do that, my friend. Let the day star rise in your heart. Let God give you revelation. Let God give divine illumination. Let God open your eyes and show you the way. He will show you the way, the truth, and the life are eased out, my friend. Praise God. Who could tell Cornelius that God let him wrong? God told him where to go, who to see, and the right Simon. Praise God. Didn't send to Simon the sorcerer or Simon the tanner. Send to Simon the fisherman. He's got the keys. God know where the keys is. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is not witchcraft, my friend. It's Holy Ghost guidance. Hallelujah. You need to know the difference between sorcery and salvation. The difference between worship and witchcraft. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're led by the Spirit. As men is led by the Spirit, to them gave me power to become the sons of God. I'm trying to tell somebody, we're led by the Spirit. We're taught by the Spirit. We're moved upon by the Holy Ghost. And we speak as God moved upon us. Who is your king? Who's reigning over you? Who do you pay tribute to? Who do you respect? Who do you bow to? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, you're playing the wrong music. We will not dance to. What music are you dancing to? Does it matter what song they play? My friend, hallelujah. It's no holy, holy of my God in three persons. No, it's not so. Huh? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
They put a statue up there, and down says, and the little boy said, we ain't going to bow to that. We only bow to the statue of the invisible Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But watch these three men bowing to the little baby. Hallelujah. And calling him king of the Jews. Can somebody tell me how on earth could Israel have the gall to lie publicly and say, we have no king. When those three men came and said, huh? This baby is called king of the Jews. You open your Bible. I don't have time to get a Bible study on this. But if you look in your Bible, Paul asked them in chapter 18 and 19 of John, seven times he asked them, Is this man your king? No. I had a hypocrite one time. You know, you come to this church, you got sick, you're in the hospital, Brother Espinosa. I was in the hospital in the bed. I went to pray for that old wretch so he wouldn't die. Well, I, knew, I, knew, I knew I'm praying for a wretch. I knew a long time ago. But you know, pastor's not supposed to pass judgment. It's supposed to be merciful to the unrighteous. I went to do my pastoral work. I guess I was pastorizing that pastoring, I guess. And she closed her eyes on me. She wouldn't open her eyes. She didn't want me there. She didn't want me to say anything. But I had to do my duty. And then up coming this old goat, this howling came in that she's playing footsie with. And her eyes opened up. And she introduced me this way. To the, to the, to the other guy, I called him, Pastor so-and-so. This is Trevor Neal. I thought, you rats, I heard you and God heard you. Hello? Paul said, Timothy, be not ashamed of me, of my message, or my bonds, for I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Come here, Zachary. One thing about kids, kids aren't ashamed of preachers. They'll see in the shopping mall and cry, Hey, Pastor Neil! Say, see, they dodge you behind the cup. They have to run, catch them and say, Hi, hi, hey, good morning. How are you doing? Can't say, Praise the Lord. Ooh. You talking to them? Well, you know, the church I know, they practice it. <laughs> you go to that, you go to that old cult church. Oh, 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 oh. Sometimes I visit them, you know. <laughs> Not one person stood beside Jesus in Matthew, in John 18, and stood beside him and said, Yes, that's my king. I said, are you a king? In verse 33, they ask him, are you a king? Verse 37, they ask him, are you a king? Verse 39, they ask him, the king, chapter 18. Chapter 19 and verse 3, they ask him, are you a king? Verse 14, are you a king? Huh? Verse 15, are you a king? Verse 19, are you a king? And nobody stood and said, yes. I want to ask you, do you go to that Jesus name one this church? I didn't say one less, I said one nest. Do you belong to that church where it matter how you dress? 
You go to that church, it doesn't matter how many times you're married. Ooh. Do you go to that church where it matters if you shack up or suck up? Come on now, I'm losing you now. You go to that church where it matters what, 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 what version or perversion Bobby you use? Oh, come on, I'll show you. You don't go to that legalistic church down there where all they preach is clothesline but never plumb line. Oh, Lord of mercy. A professor got up to this place and is mocking people and the girl stood up and said, I'm one of them. Praise God, I'm one of them. All Jesus wanted was somebody to say, yes, that's my king. A disciple means a disciplined follower. You don't vote your king is. A king is a gift by birth. Can anybody hear me? Unto you is born a savior. Could you put it on the board, chapter 14, and verse 9, Zacharias? I want to tell you, this church... I'm not ashamed that I was baptized in Jesus' name, not false on the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed that I speak in tongues. I'm not ashamed that I believe in holiness for myself and my wife. But I, mean, I got no kids, so I can't say my kids do. But amen. <laughs> for those cool kids, hallelujah. I tell them, Ashanda, I still believe that marriage between a man and a woman, not two hymns or two she's. Come on, somebody, our chimpanzees. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I say, hallelujah. I still believe the Bible is for us today. I will identify that the Bible is king in this church. I said the Bible is law in this church. Uh, the Bible is God standing in this church. Uh, it's God's plumb line. I'm going to stand with this. And the Bible is king in this church. Uh, Cash is not king. Money is not king. The world is not king. The Bible is king in my church. Come on, somebody. Would you stand up for God and declare who your king is, who you obey, who you submit yourself to, who is your Lord and master, who's your God? Come on, tell us. When I see my king, I bow. When I see my king, I confess that he's Lord and Christ. Hallelujah. And so to, to insult Jesus, Pilate tried to do something very different. Normally you put the crime of the person over their head. Hello. I want to sure I get it right for you tonight. Give the right word that they use. Is the word they use? They need to know. Above his head, they put some letters in Latin, in Greek, and Hebrew. Now, church, those were the three dominant languages of the day. Amen. And they're still in use today. You know what, folks? You think the Jews are going to read what he said in Latin? No. You think the Jews are going to read what is written in Greek? No. The only thing they regard is what? Hebrew. And above his head, it is said that it was written in the Jewish acrostic acrostic letters. He, va, he, yod. He, va, he, yod. My God, it reminds me of Isaiah 53. Mm, hallelujah. He was rejected of men. That, those four letters actually represent the tetragrammaton name that God gave to Moses in Exodus chapter 6, in verse 1 to 3. 
Y-H-W-H. What they saw, they were shocked what he wrote. It didn't read the same way as it read in Greek and Latin. It's saying above his head, the one on the cross is almighty God. When the Jews saw it, they said, Pilate, take it down. Move that quickly, please. Don't let the world see it. And Pilate, on the divine inspiration of God, said, no. He had no idea what they saw. It's like the handwriting on the wall. Huh? Oh, that Daniel could read it. And when Daniel read it, they interpreted it. God makes sure the Jews could read what's on that cross. Hallelujah. And what they realized was, here is God from Genesis fulfilling the promise that he made to Eve and made to Abraham. He told Eve, your seed would bruise the serpent's head. Like we learned most recently that the lamb has blood that nullify, amen, the bite of the serpent. And then we find God told Abraham, the Lord would provide himself the sacrifice. What God is saying, he vowed, he, Yod, mean God, laid down his life for us. I'm going to prove it to you. If you go in your Bible and you search, amen, in the book of John, it says God laid down his life for us. 1 John 3, 16, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Pilate, you did not make a mistake. What you made was a declaration, a confession that he who died on the cross was purchasing the church with his own blood. It was good to put the snake's venom to nullify. He said, it is finished. I have done it all. I told you last Sunday on the Eminence journey, he said it was not a tragedy. It was a triumph. I triumph over death. Hell in the grave. He's still king. He's Lord on the cross. He's Lord when he died. He's Lord in the grave. He's Lord in hell. He's Lord in heaven. He's Lord over all. God laid down his life. In church. Hallelujah. They said we will not have this man reign over us. Luke 19, 14. He's more than a man. Paul got the revelation. Hallelujah. In the fashion of a man, but in the form of God. Those two things were never confused. They were just fused together. Hallelujah. God told Samuel, they didn't reject you, they rejected me. Moses, they rejected me. And on the cross, that's what they did. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 9. Look what's going to happen, church. When he come back from the grave, he says, Oh, power! Oh, that's some all! If he's the only wise God, there's no other wise person anyway. Hallelujah. Who are you obeying, Paul says? Who's your master? Who is your Lord? Jesus said, you call me master, and you call me Lord. He said, well, for so I am. He says, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. And in that day, his name shall be one. And it shall be one Lord. Let's worship God. Now, here's a sad commentary. In the book, in closing, in the book of Revelation, chapter 9, 
I feel sorry for you that plan to leave too late. But in chapter 9, let me tell you guys why I'm in this church. I'm in this church because I don't plan to go to hell. When a king falls, everybody falls with him. I said, when a king falls, everybody falls with him. That's why we're buried in water baptism with Jesus Christ. He died, so we died with him. He was buried, so we're buried with him. For God, he was raised. We're raised with him. He was taken to heaven. We shall go to heaven with him. But there's another king. Come on now. That one who said he wants to be king and sit on the throne and say he's God. Huh? Hallelujah. Amen. The king said, I'm God. I sit all think as God. He's called. Listen now, church. In chapter 9, it says his name is called Abandon. Amen. In verse 10 and verse 12. Look what Satan's name becomes. He's called the what? Fortune, look it up. Look it up, please. His name is called in Hebrew abandon. But in Greek, the name is Apollyon. Satan has gone through many names. Amen. In the Garden of Eden, I told you what he's called. In the New Testament, he's called by other names. But finally, God revealed what he should be called. He's called abandoned, the destroyer of stand. That's the king that's going to be called the Antichrist. Another name for the Antichrist will be abandoned. Apollyon. He's alive. He's well. He wants to take the seat of God. He wants to sit in the seat of God. To show that he is Lord. But only can be one Lord. One Lord. And one faith. And Yeshua, which is Jesus Christ, is going to be that one Lord. Now my question is, who is the God of this world? Satan. Satan. What do they call him? Apollyon and Abandon. Hallelujah. And those are Greek and Hebrew names. And then to make matters even worse, to simplify it for you English-speaking people, God revealed, better yet, what it's like in chapter 20, to the devil and his angel. They call the dragon the serpent, the devil, and Satan. Now, which one is he? Which one is he? In every case, it talks about the season and the time. They destroy people. We are servant to whom we obey. I'm going to ask you who's running your life. The God of this world. The Jew says... Away with him. But Hosea chapter 3 says, Israel will abide many days without a prophet, a priest, a king, a sacrifice, until Messiah showed up. And it says, here is the king. Here is the king. Who is in charge of this place? And Malachi said, I am a great king. Would you bow your heads right now? Who is your sovereign king? Who is he? Who is your king? Who is your king? Who's ordering your steps? Who's ordering your life? Think about it tonight, today. Apollyon! Abandon! Or he, va, he, yod. Who is your king? Who's running your life? 
the king going to reign over you. In Revelation, it's called the king of kings. In Hebrew, it's called the king of Salem, the king of righteousness, the king of peace. I want to ask somebody right now to walk down this aisle if you don't have the right king over your life. Daniel said, I'm not praying to no other king. I'm going to pray. I will not serve any other king. I will not serve any other king. Lord Jesus, I want you to be my king.